Hey, Sheila. Oh, oh, hey, how's it going? I was uh, sort of taken away by that new like trucker commission graphic that we had there. I I don't know if it was there yesterday because I was busy yesterday with our uh, movie premiere, but I hadn't seen that before. But it's cute. Good job, guys. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah, Sheila Gunreed. I'm Sheila Gunreed. That's my co-host. Uh, William Diaz, and we are here to bring you the daily live stream recap of the comings and goings of what we call the Trucker Commission. That's the Public Order Emergencies Commission, wherein an allegedly independent body, and so far so good, is investigating Justin Trudeau's invocation of a never-before-used anti-terrorism yeah. law. It's a rewrite of the War Measures Act, and he invoked mm -hmm. it on peaceful anti-COVID mandate anti-discrimination really protesters mm -hmm. in the nation's capital who did the horrifying thing of well first of all having Peacefully the wrong protest <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they exactly. had the wrong opinions and then they uh had hot tubs but eva chipiak the lawyer for the convoy says i never saw any hot tubs um uh, and which you, is and too you bad Elijah, let me just interrupt you right here eva is sure, going please. to be joining us in a few a few minutes i just saw her entering our our little studio here in ottawa so she'll be able to join us so shortly oh great she's so fun and she has such an interesting take a lawyer's take on it mm -hmm. but a common sense lawyer because sometimes lawyers can get kind of nerdy and heady um but she's mm -hmm. not she sees right through it which makes her the perfect convoy lawyer by the way um <laughs> a very interesting day uh the last witness of the day just wrapped up superintendent mm -hmm. his first name escapes me abrams right. um and for the OPP and he testified to just the chaos and disarray coming mm -hmm. out of the OPS. And uh, as I said to Ezra, it's like that Spider-Man meme where they're all just stand like mm -hmm. multiple Spider-Mans pointing at each other, blaming each yeah. other. That's all I see with uh, the levels of government who are just blaming mm -hmm. everybody else. Um, and this last superintendent, I think Eva will be, um, good to talk to you about this. He said that there was a plan hatched very early in February by Chief Slowly of the OPS, and he wanted the OPP to participate in this, of what Abrams described as snatch and grabs. They were mm -hmm. going to target convoy organizers and influencers, whatever that means, just high-level participants, people with large social media followings, that's a crime now, um, mm -hmm. snatch and grab them, arrest them. And he said, in no way is the OPP police liaison team participating in this whatsoever. He was going to wait until he got a, some legal advice on this because he didn't want to open up the OPP to any criminal or civil liability. And he especially said, I don't want my people participating in illegal mm -hmm. arrests which is what he thought it would be at the time. Right. Yeah. And it became legal due to Justin Trudeau's measures and <laughs> the measures installed by the police. Yeah. Yeah. He actually said he was proud of the work. He left on the note saying, I'm proud of the work the OPP did mm -hmm. to get everybody into the city safely, <laughs> probably much to the chagrin of the OPS. But he said, you know, the, there was no criminality getting him into mm -hmm. the city. They did their best to keep a lane of traffic open, getting them into right. the city. Yeah, he admitted um, it. That's and, true. Yeah, and they didn't damage the highway. And he said there were some people who were maybe standing a little too close to the highway as big trucks were coming by. But that's not on the convoy. That's on the people who did that. You, you know, like, how mm -hmm. could you expect the convoy to control that? But he said there was no criminality. And again, that seems to be the thing we continually hear. There was mm -hmm. no criminality, no. no guns, no violence, no anything. Yeah. And the mass and arrests happened after the invocation of the act. Yeah, 100%. The only violence we saw was uh, on black and white pages from mainstream media, mainstream media yeah. newspaper. Yeah. By the way, I see I see Eva preparing in the back. So I guess we could throw to a quick ad and we'll be able to welcome her on our set. You know what? Before we... Before we go to the ad, I should uh, do a little housekeeping. So right. uh, for those of you who normally expect a noon or 10 a.m. Uh, out here in Alberta live stream, we've shuffled our live stream to the end of the day. At the mm -hmm. news live stream, we normally talk about the news of the day, sometimes quirky, sometimes important in an unscripted way. And that's fun. It gets, you know, it's good for us to interact with each other because we all mm -hmm. work remotely, but also with our people. But I think there's no more important news in the country right now yeah. than what's happening in Ottawa at this commission. And so we've shifted our live stream to 
4 p.m. Alberta time, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time over there in the center of the universe, um, <laughs> where we spend an hour digesting uh, sometimes eight, sometimes 10 hours of testimony. Mm -hmm. uh, we sit there and watch it. I, I sit here and watch it. You should see what my desk looks like. <laughs> like, like I need a trucker to come in here and organize my desk the way they organize the streets of Ottawa. Nicole, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I'm going to need a convoy block captain to come in here and zhuzh everything I'm, up I'm a little sure bit. I'm sure it's better organized than the Ottawa Police Services during <laughs> the convoy. Oh, and even provincial police as well. Yeah. Oh, All right. yes. Okay, but if people want to uh, get involved, uh, have mm. their say, might I suggest something, uh, what we call a paid chat. Um, on Rumble, it's called a Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's called... A hyper chat. YouTube won't let you leave us a paid chat because they're a censorship platform. But there's, I don't know, there's 1.6 million of you over there. So we don't want to stop using YouTube. We just want to tell you there are other options for you out there. And so if you want to leave us a paid chat, because unlike the mainstream media who seem to not be reporting the things from this commission that are damaging to them, uh, we're not in the pocket of Justin Trudeau. We're fiercely independent. Nobody owns us. Uh, we are only accountable to our viewers. And so if you want to leave a paid chat, there's those two ways to do it. And if it's over five bucks and we have time at the end, we'll do our best to address your question, query, or comment on air. But I should let you know, we we have a Airbnb in Ottawa. We've got a rotating cast of characters going through there, um, mm -hmm. journalists and video producers and chase producers. Um, and so we're going to be there for the full duration. So if you want to support us in another way, you can go to truckercommission.com. You can see all of our reports. William is just, as I say, in every staff meeting, ripping it up in Ottawa. Um, you can see all of his work there at truckercommission.com and uh, you can support our work there too. So with mm -hmm. all that being said, let's go to the ad so we can get Eva on set. Thursday in Ottawa, the Public Order Emergencies Commission kicked off. It's an inquiry into the actions of the government, or at least it's supposed to be. The inquiry is allegedly meant to examine whether or not the government was justified in invoking an anti-terrorism law called the Emergencies Act to euthanize peaceful anti-COVID mandate protests taking place in the nation's capital, but also in other locations across the country. My body, my now the convoy to Ottawa spent nearly four weeks completely peacefully demonstrating against lockdowns and vaccine passports. It evolved into a nearly month-long street party replete with bouncy castles, hot tubs, street hockey, concerts, and community outreach efforts like soup kitchens and food for the homeless. Rebel News, as we were for the convoy to Ottawa, will be there on the ground in Ottawa to cover the commission from the beginning to the end because you just cannot trust the mainstream media. And in fact, <laughs> that's what today's report is about. We've rented an Airbnb in Ottawa where we're sending a rotating cast of journalists to report on the public order emergency inquiry. Now you can help support our efforts there at truckercommission.com. The mainstream media's reporting about the alleged foreign nature of the convoy funding was cited as a reason the Liberals invoked the Emergencies Act to arrest, detain, and seize the property, bank accounts, and assets of anti-Trudeau demonstrators. We are back. We're back and we have Eva and hopefully we can talk to Eva without any sort of technical difficulties as we did last time. But Eva's such a good sport. Uh, Eva, thanks for joining us. Uh, for those of my, you who don't know, Eva, go ahead. <laughs> I was real. just saying Shut my up. pleasure. No, no, go ahead. Tell me how good, uh, tell me, how, please introduce me. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> tell me how great I am. Eva yeah. is the, is one of the lawyers working for the trucker convoy, specifically Tamara Leach. Um, and that's why she's in all my pictures that I have with Tamara Leach. There's <laughs> Eva's smiling mug right in the background so that she makes sure that her client doesn't go back to jail. Yeah, she won't go um, back to prison. <laughs> uh, Eva, I'm so glad you're on the show because I heard some crazy things at the end there. Uh, just the absolute disarray in the police service. Um, and the OPP seemed genuinely concerned that they were being asked to do things by OPS that were illegal, particularly these like snatch and grabs, Nicaraguan style abductions of peaceful protesters on the street. It was crazy. 
Yeah. You probably noticed my smile went away. Like uh, listening to that evidence today, you know, I was on the ground. I saw some of the things happening and it is actually reassuring to see that the OPP was looking to make sure that things were done correctly and legally. Uh, We saw some of that footage, you know, uh, well, our clients were there on the ground, some of them in Coventry and just giving us accounts of what was going on. And one of our clients got some, uh, like a recording about how it is they're even taking stealing fuel. We were a little bit confused about that. Um, so yeah, it, it was good to hear the evidence again of the OPP um, department and the officers. It's very different to what we hear from the OPS. Yeah, that is very true. Um, the superintendent today, Abrams, he testified to the actions of the OPS causing a complete and total breakdown in early February with the protesters. They had their police liaison team who were working with the protesters towards a peaceful, I mean, it was obviously peaceful, but a resolution to everything. And then the OPS just moved in and started arresting everybody um, at Coventry for bringing fuel in. And the PLT unit, the police liaison unit, they wanted to quit. They just wanted to go home. They said, what's the point here? The quote was, all is lost. And I think it's a credit to your clients that it was not lost because it could have been, but they continued negotiating even after those arrests. That's right. Uh, Loss of trust is what I heard today a lot of, and 100%. And, you know, we had truckers and protesters saying, well, you know, the police keep lying to us. They keep telling us one thing and doing something else. Why would we trust them? And like you said, they maintained resolve. They didn't stoop down to any level of disturbance and criminality, which after some time, you know, so much credit to them for staying above and and being acting the way they were in really freezing conditions too. And, and a, a shout out to to um, Ottawa residents because a lot of Ottawa residents saw that as well, and they came to as they did before, but then they really came out in full force when they heard and saw fuel was being taken away, and there was a possibility that people would be you know freezing in their in their cars. You know, that was one of the things they tried to do to them from the very beginning. Um, Councillors Fleury and McKinney uh, testified to their lobbying of the city council to lower the temperature limit wherein they allow people to idle their vehicles in the street. Because what they wanted to do was disincentivize people from idling their trucks when it was like minus 20, minus 30. They wanted the city to go around ticketing people for not freezing to death. Uh, I I thought it was just atrocious. And then these are, you know, simultaneously the same people who say, you know, like we got to do more for the homeless because they're going to freeze to death. So um, it's the wrong kind of people freezing to death and then the right kind of people freezing to death. They actually don't care about people. Uh, They just want to see themselves as some sort of saviors or enforcers on the other hand yeah well very good point and and we heard that time and time again it was we want businesses or businesses are suffering but not business from the protesters um there was also uh, the situation of well if there's a car parked illegally we want to make sure that it's not an ottawa resident that we're towing away if it's parked illegally you get a ticket and you tow it away regardless of who you are like it seems yeah. that, you know, there's just so much of this conflicting information and, uh, you know, we see it more and more every day, surprisingly. It, it was, mm-hmm. again, surprising to hear how little the police actually even like how little they needed the EA. I don't think they needed it at all, but even they couldn't come up with strong reasons for why they mm-hmm. needed it. Um, For example, I think it was uh, Assistant or Deputy Chief Ferguson uh, who said, um, we liked having the threats of seizing assets, seizing bank accounts. We liked those threats. But what was important to us was the ability to compel tow truck drivers and the uh, ability to not have to go through the motions of swearing in officers. And then she admits We already had tow truck drivers 
on the way, just from outside of Ottawa, I guess you don't want to damage your reputation within um, Ottawa. And she, I think it was uh, Brennan Miller, maybe it was, no, maybe it was Rob Kittredge from JCCF, who forced her to admit it would only save maybe a handful of hours to skip going through the motions of having to swear in these outside officers. So uh, it was astounding to me to hear a police officer, somebody who's in police management, testify that you are willing to engage in snatch and grab arrests, bank account seizures, mm -hmm. unco unconstitutional arrests, holding people, um, ticketing them for having their kids with them, just so that you can skip some of the paperwork to swear in new officers. I mean, that's that was what was the benefit for her. I thought it was atrocious. Yeah, I honestly almost have nothing more to add because it's like I said, it's shocking, really. Like here we came in thinking that we, you know, have so much evidence, evidence gathering to um, to do. And the evidence is just pouring out about uh, the in, the lack of planning and misinformation and um, lack of any kind of reasonableness that we actually saw more from protesters. So going back to the last time we chatted, you know, we there was a very short period of time that they there was actually engagement with the protesters and a, a resolution, so a plan, a, some kind of an agreement. Just thinking about the background of what was going on there, you know, maybe having a couple protesters at the table would have helped resolve a lot of these planning issues a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Um, somebody joked on the internet today because one of these people expressed sort of horror and dismay that they had the truckers had supply chains and they were able to get food into inside the protest and fuel and firewood inside of the protest. And I thought, you know, you soft-handed city people, of course the truckers are good at logistics. And then somebody else said, maybe they should be running the passport office. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to say, but you put it a, a much better. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, well, let's throw to this clip, uh, Olivia, of a lot of things late in the day yesterday just blew apart the government's narrative, but the media's narrative too, about who and what the convoy protesters were and are to this day. Um, and again, credit to the OPP. They seem to be the most reasonable people in all of this. The OPP and senior bureaucrats within the city of Ottawa, the non-political types, they mm -hmm. seem to be, as I said the other day, the only grown-ups in the room. Um, but we've got um, the head of intelligence for the OPP, Superintendent Pat Morris, giving his very honest assessment of the convoy and the in the extremism allegations within the convoy, if you wouldn't mind, Olivia. We produced no intelligence to indicate that these individuals would be armed. And there has been a lot of hyperbole about that. Um, that was something we wish to, in the when people think about what happened on January 6th of 2020, that is presence of mind, um, but we produce no intelligence to indicate that that would be the case. And I think uh, the uh, arrests for firearms after the fact play that out as in there were none. Correct. I, I, I so much enjoyed OPP Superintendent um, Morris. He, time after time, you know, questions were being asked. It's like some, and I think it was mostly the government, federal government lawyer, almost yep. fishing for you know information, and he kind of just straight to the point. No credible information. No credible information. Sometimes I saw reports in the media. But there was no credible information. That that's what we should be looking at here: police reports, yes. actual facts, not mm -hmm. fiction. You know, yeah. um, and he went on to talk about um, the disinformation that the media caught, like the the concerns and the problems the disinformation the media caused on um, helping them contain and take control of the situation. So in fact, they were. At extending the problems and complicating the the police in acting out what they needed to do, just terrifying. 
yeah, I think we have that clip where uh, Superintendent Morris talks about just how much of his time was wasted by people who are whipped into hysterics by media reports and what uh, Pat Morris calls politicization of the convoy. Because, you know, the, these people in Ottawa were told for two weeks that the KKK was coming. And so, and so when the so-called KKK finally arrived, all they did was call the cops and report people for mean signs. And he had to go and investigate them all, or at least his people had to go and investigate them all. And then he's got to deal with the intelligence reports related to that. So I think we have, um, it's a kind of a longer minute and plus uh, clip, but he lays it all down about how damaging to his ability to work the constant rhetoric from politicians was. Um, and, and as you say, it probably prolonged anything that happened in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. There seems think, to be yeah. a, um, a causal linkage in somebody's and some people's minds between certain things that are not illegal or criminal. Um, they just may not be in line with and a nexus to somehow an intelligence threat. I can give you an example. I have had instances where people have approached me uh, professionally because there were bumper stickers um, that had to do with um, entities that they disagreed with. So therefore, those people shouldn't be police officers or they shouldn't be parked in policing, um, uh, sorry, parking lots. And I heard terminology, um, that person is right wing, so, and then therefore an assumption. I used to hear all that all the time about left wing and I was very concerned about it uh, because I worked in anti-terrorism at the time of... Um, the 9-11 attacks, and I saw what these knee-jerk reactions do, where we get information from the public on any number of issues related to what they perceive to be threats from Wahhabism or Salafism or Sunni extremism. And there always seems to be uh, an overreach that comes with this politicization. And I've had many instances where I've been asked to go through these intelligence checks without the reasonable grounds to suspect or believe that there is a threat posed there is merely the presence of something or someone that someone doesn't like. I think this says a lot because, you know, and, and it's actually true nowadays, I see a lot of people seeing people from the other side of the political aisle or left-wing people looking at right-wing people. And just because they are conservatives, they're going to think that they are a threat to them. I think it says yep. a lot about, you know, the, the level of violence that was actually behind the convoy. Well, this whole, I think the whole reason for the EA, and I, I think we actually have a clip of a liberal saying this as much in the House of Commons today, it's that people have criminalized inconvenience. And I don't think you mm -hmm. have a right to be comfortable in this country. And yeah, yeah horn honking, yeah, sure, it's annoying, but it's not uh, an act of war. Like, it's not a 9-11 level event, but that's mm -hmm. how they treated horn honking and traffic snarls and people with disagreeable opinions in the nation's capital. Yeah, you know, I, I guess we have a lawyer right here. So is a right-wing person yeah. inherently violent? Does, does being right-wing mean that you, <laughs> that you are violent? I guess it depends who you ask nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's true. OPP Superintendent um, Morris said no, but, you know, that's what the narrative has been and uh thankfully now i think it's being it's coming to light that you know you can't this is not a criminal activity and i um brendan miller did ask him because uh, in his evidence he said something to the effect of i don't like using the word uh, extremist and so brendan went into that and asked him to provide some more context to that and and he said something very similar to what we heard is that now that name that label is being thrown out to somebody that just doesn't agree with you that doesn't mean it's criminal that doesn't mean that it's wrong and actually going back i think it was to diane deeds who was up earlier and as we know and heard there was a lot of politicking there um, and she said that political discourse and opposing views not only uh, should be encouraged but it's healthy to have so here we are 100%. you know uh the city politicking um here we have kind of, you know, 
working class politicking against the federal government. Uh, but again, that's not the kind of politicking we want. Uh, that's not the kind of protesting or opinions that we that are allowed in the city. Um, so it's just re really good to turn the table around because you you see that it, it just depends on who it is that the that conversation is okay for. Yeah, someone noted to me the other day that there's a, a serious classist element in all of this, where the white collar Ottawa bureaucrats who I, I describe them as the pajamas and laptop class, where they can work from home. They can work from home till the day they die. If they work in the passport office, they're still working from home. Um, they really didn't like these icky, blue-collar, useful people coming to their city. You know, like you see how upset they were that they couldn't get their Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. And they were so offended that people who were concerned about not being able to feed their kids drove their icky trucks into their city and made some noise and they are crying about uber eats and i just thought you know there's such a disconnect between you know the the ivory tower bureaucratic class versus the entire rest of the country and mm -hmm. and uh, I, I guess that's why albertans are so alienated probably <laughs> yeah well and you know the uber eats we people were using Uber Eats throughout I the know. protest. So then that, that doesn't even fly. Um, I like your description. What I've been using is the Starbucks versus the Tim Hortons um, yeah. group because when uh, the protesters were in downtown Ottawa, all the accounts that I've heard from Tim Hortons is it was their best um, revenue in three weeks compared to the last three years. So yeah. that's, that's the class difference too, just in terms of coffee, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. For sure. What are you made of money, Eva? I drink gas station coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I drink anything. I'm a lawyer. Any of yeah, the coffee. No, we we have long days, as you can see. Yeah, Caffeine yeah. is good. It is. It's keeping me going. Um, we've got actually a clip of uh, Liberal Pam Damoff. Mm. She's mm -hmm. insisting that invoking the Emergencies Act was the right thing to do because people were hurting everywhere. I guess just hurt feelings. Terrorism law, yeah. no biggie. Terrorism, got it. Uh, maybe I'd we'll... love to ask if she was, if she's been watching any of the evidence coming out in this inquiry, which is you the know, whole point of it is to justify the the invocation of the Emergencies Act. Do you know what, William? Let's find her and ask her, <laughs> please. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying. You know, I I got I got Marco Mendicino, <laughs> I got Defense Minister Anita Anand, <laughs> I got our favorite minister who I have to censor myself, Omar Al Jabra, as well that I was able to see. So yeah, I have so an in-house nickname for him. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to get her. Uh, Olivia, let's throw to that clip of uh, Pam saying uh, hurt feelings, terrorism. If the Prime Minister really believed that uh, the situation was so bad that his house needed to be protective, did he not also feel that it would have been justified to protect uh, all the population of Ottawa? The Honourable Parliamentary Secretary. Mr. Speaker, and I thank the Honourable Member for his question. During the illegal occupation last winter, people across the country were hurting, not just in Ottawa, but across the entire country. And Canadians' freedoms to feel safe in their homes were threatened. And that's why we invoked the Emergency Act, because it was the right thing to do. And it worked to end this illegal occupation in Ottawa and across the country. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. If the Prime you know, you know the reason why people couldn't feel safe in their home because of situations like what happened with Archer uh, Archer Pavlovsky in uh, in Alberta mm -hmm. during the convoy because we saw a video of police entering the house of people that were having what Quebecers called illegal gathering during the lockdowns, yeah. during the pandemic. That's why people didn't feel safe in their house. It wasn't because of the peaceful truckers that were protesting for the freedom of everyone. It's such a hypocritical and false statement just overall. Well, not only that is that's not the requirements under the law in the emergencies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, let's start there. Uh, if that's what the government is now saying is the reason they invoke the act, well, again, we could pack up and let's go home. Like, this mm -hmm. case closed. Yeah. Uh, that is not justification 100%. for inv invoking the Emergencies Act. Yeah. And it's actually really disturbing to see members of parliament suggest that. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that somebody else's agoraphobia or anxiety disorder 
is reason to invoke the War no. Measures Act on the entire country. A, a War it, Measures Act that I, wasn't I don't even used. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even used by the way on September 11. The 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 emergency act was. Sorry, I was just going to say I think we actually have Justin Trudeau responding to uh, some questions yeah, in the House of Commons well. today. Yeah, let's show that. Um, he's a, somebody asked him about uh, why he invoked the Emergencies Act, and uh, he said it was for the well-being of democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Again, not the reason to invoke it under the law. So yeah, I don't. Th you, I don't think the act is, serves to to respect democracy. <laughs> that's quite a pretzel, too. Uh, we're going to squash peaceful expression, the right to assemble, the right to protest your own government. We're going to squash that in the name, in the of, name democracy. of democracy. I'm, like, I'm not sure you know what that means. Let's show this clip. Uh, we invoke the Emergency Measures Act uh, in a responsible way, in a wary way, and in a limited, a time-limited way, in a way that fully respected the fundamental rights and freedoms of Canadians. We have done this because the situation required it. I'm very happy that now there is a public inquiry that's happening that will allow all Canadians to see what we saw at the time. This was an illegal occupation. It was a real problem, not only for the residents of Ottawa and throughout the country, but also for our economy and for the well-being of our democracy. We did what we had to do in a responsible way. At least I always see people complaining when we show clips of Justin Trudeau because they say they, they don't like to hear his voice. At least he was an interpreter, a translator, so it was better for them. I find the translators just as annoying, but <laughs> but uh, it's it's funny how they take credit for revoking the act before they had to produce proof for needing it. They say, oh, mm -hmm. we did it in a measured way. No, you revoked it before you had to produce proof mm -hmm. for ever needing it. I, I have to say one thing, too. It was both uh, the prime minister and the MP. They both used the words illegal occupation. And we have yet to find out or have anybody tell us what was illegal and when it was illegal. What is yeah. is it they're talking about? That's they keep right. using that rhetoric and it has no basis. There's no fact uh, to it. Um, and in fact, uh, one of the clips that I did like from Matthew Fleury, the counselor, is he kept asking um, the police authorities what's illegal. And they said, we don't know. Mm -hmm. So why are we continuing uh, to maintain that narrative yeah, like of illegal occupation. Right. I would really love to know what it is as a lawyer because nobody's been able to explain that to me either. It's illegal to disagree with Justin Trudeau. That's why uh, he wants well, to control the internet. That's why he wants to control the internet uh, because uh, there are some disagreeable folks on the internet that he can't control through the CRTC. Mm -hmm. And so he's just going to extend that. Um, he can't pollute certain people with subsidies, so he's got to do something to get around that. And then uh, peaceful protests. You cannot disagree with the government or you are a terrorist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic yeah. uh, nightmare invader to the city. That's another thing that really bothers me about all this. And again, I think it goes to classism. These are your fellow Canadians. Yeah, mm -hmm. They're not foreign invaders. Yeah. They came to their nation's capital where the seat of the government is to protest the things the government is doing to them. Where else are they supposed to protest? But they're not foreign invaders. They're Canadians. And if they want to protest in the nation's capital, they damn sure have a right to do it. That's just how it is. But they're treated like they are these foreign infestation from mm -hmm. some far-flung, ill-behaved place. They're just your Cana fellow Canadians who see things a different way. It really bothers me to see how they're talked about. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just want to go back on a point that you talked about in terms of democracy. What, What's the definition of democracy according to Justin Trudeau? And I think we found it. It's not disagreeing with Justin Trudeau. You, you are not allowed to disagree with the prime minister in Justin Trudeau's democracy. Because apart from a slight disagreement in, in political beliefs and, you know, inconvenience, the truckers were peaceful. There was it was a peaceful protest. The the arson attempt wasn't related to the truckers. None of the big uh, assaults that the mainstream media was talking about were related to the truckers. So 
in terms of what the, the protesters did wrong, it was disagreeing with Justin Trudeau and being inconvenient. And I think that's that's what Justin Trudeau sees as a democracy. You're not allowed to disagree with him and you're not allowed to be slightly inconvenient. Well, and I'd like to take it a step further too, is sure. that these are like these are Canadian citizens mm-hmm. and they came to their elected MPs, their constituents. And that discussion about having photos with these protesters, these are your constituents. You are a public servant. That that kind kind of line and rhetoric really gets to me because who else are you serving if not the people? And they felt unheard for two years. They raised concerns and then they finally thought maybe if we come to the nation's capital, we come in a large group, they will listen to us. Our voices will finally be heard after three years, two years of this. And yet it was I could say even worse, uh, degraded, uh, disrespected, yeah. uh, rather than come, this is your job as an MP yeah. to talk to your constituents. And that, how does that not happen? I don't understand. And, and you know, I think the reason why they don't feel the needs because they don't feel the need that they are accountable. They don't feel they, they don't feel accountable to, to to the public. And actually, I think we could show a clip of my scrums that I did with some of the MPs yesterday when I asked them, if it is found that Justin Trudeau used this authoritarian law never seen before, unjustifiably and unnecessarily, will you push for his resignation? And I think the Liberals' answers spoke volume. Can we show that clip, uh, Olivia? Yeah. Oh, there he is, the little guy. If it's found by the emergency that inquiry that Justin Trudeau Involved the emergencies act unjustified in an unjustified manner and unnecessarily. Will you push for his resignation? Will you? Have a nice day. Will you push for Justin Trudeau's resignation if it is found that he used the Emergencies Act uh, unnecessarily? Will you push for his resignation? Mr. Gerritsen, why did you spend more time on Twitter than working for your constituents? If you think that's the case, you're spending too much time on Twitter. I'd like to take a moment to commend William because I've watched some of these clips before I came here. And thank you for doing what you're doing because it is, like I said, shocking to me that these MPs are not speaking to Canadians. Like you said, they don't feel they're accountable. And I think this is wrong. It's so wrong. And this is why we ended up here. Why were people here in Ottawa? Have you not learned your lesson yet? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, you don't see anybody in all the journalists infesting Ottawa. You don't see a single one of them buttonholing these politicians on the street. You only see William doing it. And that is a complete and total failing of the mainstream media. This enormous once in a lifetime of accountability event is unfolding in their city. You've got liberal MPs just free roaming the streets and only one person is asking them questions and it's William. And I think their silence speaks volumes. I love William that you just leave it awkward (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it shows that they don't have a clue. And I know they probably feel like barfing. They're like, oh, get this kid away. And you just hold the microphone there. It's the best. And the sad thing about the fact about, you know, mainstream media reporters not answer, not answering, not asking questions, sorry, is the fact that we are poor, forced to pay them through our taxes. Yeah. <laughs> we are paying CBC yeah. reporters. Who, who are not asking any questions. We are paying Glenn McGregor, who, by the way, I saw in the in the commission building earlier today. Hey. <laughs> well, I, I told him a hey, and he looked at me very weirdly and wouldn't even say yeah. hi, hi back. But yeah, I saw him yeah. earlier. No, none of them are asking <laughs> questions from a freedom-oriented perspective. Glenn McGregor prefers to you know, push and get handsy with uh, some Tamara Leach supporters instead. That guy's out of control. But, I'm happy to see yeah. Omar Al-Jabra got a haircut, though. I think that's good <laughs> yeah. for the country. Um, <laughs> but he dressed better. But just, just come back to the original point. You know, their silence speaks volume. They don't feel they're accountable. 
They don't feel, even if Canadians like them, they do not feel they will ever get away from power. And that's why they are doing such reckless laws, such reckless policies, and taking so, such authoritarian, undemocratic decisions the way that they are doing it right now is because they don't feel accountable to the Canadian population. I think it goes back to our point that of the residents of Ottawa not seeing the convoyers as their fellow Canadians. Mm. You can tell these liberals, they don't feel like they have to be the government for all Canadians, even the Canadians they disagree with. They feel like they only have to serve the people they agree with. And mm -hmm. that's not why they're paid to be there. They're supposed to be the government for all of Canada and not mm -hmm. everywhere up until Winnipeg. 100%, yeah. Yeah. I had a thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Can we, can we throw that's why I'm constantly scribbling. To... Yeah, that's why I'm constantly scribbling. That's things. a good so idea. I, they, leave. The, they leave and I have to write them down. I think we can throw <laughs> to an ad here, though. And I, Eva, I think you have to go, right? I'll come back again. Okay. Um, so we're going to let you go now, then. You'll shuffle off. You've had a long day. Eva, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you so thank much you for, for coming on the show. And sharing your thoughts and doing your best to butt in when William and I are talking too much. <laughs> um, and, and you're welcome back anytime. Thanks, Eva. It's my pleasure. Happy to come again. Great. Thank you. Let's throw to that ad and let Eva leave gracefully. Hey folks, from October 13th to November 25th, we are here in Ottawa for the Emergencies Act Inquiry organized by the Public Order Emergency Commission. But why Why the Emergencies Act Inquiry? Well, because during the Freedom Convoy back in February, Justin Trudeau used a never-invoked-before Emergencies Act to basically seize protesters' bank accounts, seize protesters' money, seize their assets, trample their civil liberties. So we're here this month for the next month and a half to figure out if the way the government acted was lawful and was appropriate. So we are here to hold the government accountable, but we need your help. We are here to cover it for you because everyone else here is mainstream media. So if you want to help us cover it, if you want to help us bring you the other side of the story, factual, actual news, go to truckercommission.com and consider making a donation. If you haven't checked that's great. Let's put that on a t-shirt. I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> William, can you hear me okay? Yeah, right now I can hear you. I couldn't hear the oh, first, okay. first five seconds, but now I can hear. <laughs> oh, I was complimenting you on your um, uh, turn, of, turn of phrase of factual, actual. Um, let's factual. go to this. <laughs> let's go to the next clip because there's some things going on behind the scenes in the OPS that mm -hmm. I can, first of all, I don't think there's any good guys there. At first, I thought uh, Chief slowly he might be a good guy. He didn't want to crack heads. But now I see in his communications mm -hmm. with the OPP, they're saying, whoa, you're asking us to do things that we think are illegal. Uh, and we're not going to do them until we get legal advice. And he had a, a fit, it sounds like, with um, uh, Superintendent Abrams of the OPP. Yeah, I think and the then, reason why I think the reason why you thought he was one of the good guys is that as soon uh, nowadays, as soon as we see someone who's not super radicalized in terms of his response to yeah. the freedom convoy, we think that they are moderate, that are actually on the right side. Right, all things are relative. Mm -hmm. I guess when you put, exactly. when you put him up, to, you put him up to Steve Bell, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah he's a total total freedom lover. Exactly. But then when you put him yeah. beside somebody like Abrams, who's like, I'm not having my guys do illegal things. No more mm -hmm. uh, abducting peaceful protesters off the street. Thank you very much. Which is what they wanted to do. They called it snatch and grabs. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you are the guy saying, let's do some snatch and grabs of peaceful protesters, mm -hmm. In the nation's capital, you're probably not a good guy. You're probably not the good guy here. And no, there was some serious, serious internal turmoil because it sounds like the OPP were giving their intelligence reports to Steve Bell, who is deputy mm. chief and in charge of intelligence at OPS. They were giving right. those to him. Although we'll hear more about this when he testifies, but this is sort yeah, of what I was sweet. able to piece together. Mm -hmm. It sounds like they were giving the intelligence reports to him and either he wasn't giving them or digesting them and then giving him the, you know, the briefing, the chief on those mm -hmm. or he was, but they weren't accurate. And I'm not sure what's going on there, but there was a real problem with Intel getting to chief slowly, mm -hmm. which I think is 
my conspiratorial side says, I think they sabotaged Chief slowly. Because well, the guy who wasn't giving the intel reports is now the chief. Fancy how that works. No, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I think I think I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of what you say 100%. Um, and I think also there's a lack of organization, like we touched on at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. I I can't believe how disorganized the OPS, the OPP, the RCMP were all, all were. None of them seem to be able to organize themselves and prepare themselves for a protest that would actually last more than two days during a weekend. Even though all the protesters, all the truckers say said they were coming here for a long time until the mandates are lifted. Everyone would say it, yet the city and the police would only be able to prepare themselves for, for the first weekend. I think they lacked a lot of organizational skills there. Yeah, and it looked like Chief Sully had a tantrum and then complained to the minister. Abram mm -hmm. says he testified to an argument that he had with Chief Sully. I'm just reading from my own Twitter feed. Abrams tried to convince Slowly to pump the brakes and allow them to mobilize 400 OPP and RCMP officers into Ottawa over the course of a week. Because that's mm -hmm. a huge deployment, and they have to swear them all in. Apparently that takes hours. Yes. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, slowly threatened to go to the minister if he didn't do it immediately. So he was trying to bully up the chain of command in the RCMP. Mm -hmm. um, there's one thing, uh, there was one thing that was very, very um, interesting here when they talked about um, Abrams told the commission that yeah, the, they had no assault. In, yeah, and he also told the commission in his previous interview, like his first intake interview as a commission mm. witness, way back in the spring, he said that the OPS were in crisis mode, they were cursing and swearing, and that they were yelling orders at each other and their partner agencies. Wow. Like it was just complete and total chaos at the OPS. Um, nobody was in control. Chief slowly was mm -hmm. trying to hang on to control, it, it sounds like, because we have a clip of Ferguson saying he didn't want to relinquish control. Mm -hmm. He clearly didn't have control of his own officers here. And uh, maybe we can throw to that clip of uh, Deputy Chief Ferguson. So she was in charge of sort of, not intel, but sort of the implementation of a lot of the policing on the ground, like community policing. Um, and she said that slowly didn't want to relinquish control to the OPP, which is mm -hmm. fair. It's his city. Um, yeah. But he, he it, things were spiraling out of control. And uh, the only people who really seemed to have a handle on the situation was the OPP. And even and, then, it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, even then it wasn't the best, but at least they're honest. Mm -hmm. I don't trust anybody right. else. Maybe we could throw to that clip. But the police services act sets out very specific circumstances where the opp may take over command of a certain incident or area yes and one of those would be if a formal request would be made from the ops chief to the opp commissioner correct i think that's how it works yes although no such request was made in this case correct i would have been surprised if it was i don't know though for sure so I didn't hear you. I, I don't know if it was made or not. No, but did you say it would? You'd be surprised. I would have been surprised if the request was made. Why would you have been surprised? Because I don't think that that's what um, former Chief Slowly was wanted. Why? I think you'd have to ask him. It, it was clear to me that the, he was pushing back on on that. Oh, I'm asking you though, because you have a lot. You've had a lot of dealings with Chief Slowly. So why, in your opinion and in your experience, do you believe Chief Slowly? Uh, would have refused to consider or would have would not have entertained the possibility of asking for formal assistance in that way. I don't believe he wanted to give up control. I think he felt that this he was the chief in the in the police jurisdiction and he wanted that to be maintained. There was a lot of things that she said in her testimony today that we really should go back and clip. Um, mm -hmm. When you look at just exactly what she was willing to invoke the Emergencies Act for. I think that woman is tyrannical. I don't think she should be in a position of police leadership. She seems sort of like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just here to do my job. I'm, I don't want to be involved in the politics. But mm. some of the stuff that she said was absolutely crazy. And you and I always call the Emergencies Act an anti-terrorism law or a counter-terrorism law. 
because well, that's, that's what that's it's its purpose. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's for. It's for mm-hmm. a foreign invasion or an internal terrorist attack mm-hmm. where you need to immediately stop funding to the terrorists if you can mm-hmm. and round them up real fast before they kill anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's used for 9-11 level events. It's used for Pearl Harbor level events. Um, so one of those is an internal attack or launched internally. One of them is an external attack. That's what it's for. It's not so that you can, as she said, grease the wheels to clear out the protest. So Mm -hmm. it made things happen a little faster. This thing that uh, Ottawa found inconvenient. No, my phone's eavesdropping on me. Um, She also said it allowed them to move ahead with the plan with further Mm -hmm. confidence. Oh, okay. Anti-terrorism law, that's fine. As long as as the police can move ahead with confidence. Yeah. This is not about giving police confidence. Well, po- yeah, exactly. That's not the point of the EA, right? No, I, mm. I just thought it, uh, uh, what the problem I really have with all of this, depending on the outcome, is if the government is not found to be uh, overstepping by invoking this thing, we've just drastically lowered the bar. For what counts yeah, as a what, terrorist act in Canada? Mm-hmm, yeah, what can they do in the future? That's not. I mean, if if, if they found that it was used justifiably and necessarily. Yeah, I mean, we did this for horn honking, bouncy mm-hmm. castles, traffic snarls, and the mm-hmm. wrong opinions. Um, what happens when you maybe want to have a referendum on separation in Alberta? Wouldn't breaking apart the country? be an act of terrorism it depends on who you ask doesn't it um it's uh it's really something else to see um these people what they are willing to stomp all over the rights of their fellow canadians mm-hmm. the how small of a thing yeah. they're willing to do that for yeah and I, I think i think the emergencies act inquiry has exposed how radical some of the some of the witnesses are you know we saw yesterday diane deans you know this is the same woman that says she wanted to basically pierce through a bouncy castle yeah go around stabbing things with a knife who's the violent one you want you want to stab a bouncy castle then you heard the bizarre lunatic testimony of catherine mckinney uh, when she was testifying we saw the testimony of zexy lee who was proud who laughed as she was saying that they were throwing eggs to protesters and throwing eggs on the truck. Now we have this woman. I think we see how radical some of those people are. Yeah. Yeah. How little they care about freedom or respect the freedom of other people. And mm-hmm. it was refreshing to hear Superintendent Abrams say, um, I don't want to do illegal things. We, I don't mm-hmm. want my, not just I don't want to do it. I don't want my officers to be even remotely involved in any of this. I don't even want the OPP police liaison team involved mm-hmm. in any of this. If you are going to be snatching and grabbing people, we're not any part of this. And slowly mm-hmm. was saying all of the officers that are coming to Ottawa, and this is in the readout of their Um, back and forth said all of the officers who are coming to Ottawa have to be willing to engage in arrests for aiding mischief, which was Mm -hmm. what they described bringing the fuel and food into the convoy. They said that's, you know, accomplice to mischief. And they said, if if you're coming, they must Mm -hmm. Be willing to arrest people for bringing food and fuel in, for stopping yeah. people from freezing to death. Yeah, you know that's that, that's unbelievable. Seeing that j- jerry cans became a symbol of terrorism. Yeah, I remember yeah. I wasn't I wasn't working with Rebel News back then, but when I saw that on the news, uh, it just I, it was just astonishing to hear that. Yeah, we've got a few chats. Thank you very much, everybody. Let's read those and then sign off. You and I have had a very long day. We're back at it again tomorrow. <laughs> And for the yeah. next, I don't know, five weeks, six weeks, um, let's get to these. So um, I think we can go back a little, actually, because I don't think we read the one. On, oh, maybe we did. Um, 
on Monday. I'm not sure if we read that one. Um, it's anyways, I'll just breeze through it. It's Adam Ottawa. His five bucks. I'll say that the city manager had a lot of credibility. The most so far he answered factually, corrected himself, didn't misspeak, no emotions. Unlike those two elected clowns from last Friday. That is true. Mm-hmm. I noticed also that Jim Watson, he said that someone was coming from the Maritimes. I forget which Maritime province. Don't come at me, Maritimers. It was either New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. I won't get mad at you if you confuse Alberta and Saskatchewan. Um, and he said that those would. people. I think you would. <laughs> I might a little bit. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, he said that somebody was arrested for coming from, I think it was New Brunswick. I'm going to get a letter either way. Um, and mm-hmm. coming from New Brunswick to shoot him with a gun. Yeah. And that somebody was arrested. And I think somebody asked for receipts, as the kids say. Right. Somebody said, uh. I'm not, when, when did this happen? I don't see anything in the police charge records. And then he said, oh, I misspoke. That's a hell of a thing to misspeak about, don't you think? That's not like a, I used New Brunswick instead of Nova Scotia, or I said Saskatchewan when I meant mm-hmm. Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. Um, that's not a misspeak. That is a complete make up And if yeah. someone were coming from another province to shoot me, I might get the details right. You know, I, th- I think Jim Watson, now he, he's leaving mayoral politics. He might go with the Liberal Party. He might go as an ambassador. I think he'd also have a good shot for working for the CBC. Because that reminds me of the CBC's tactics. You know, they see uh, that the convoy is Russian-funded. Right. There were guns Next in the convoy. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, we, say, oh, it was just, we were just mistaking about that. It's not, it's not a mistake you just make by accident. Yeah. It's a mistake you make on purpose. And that's not a mistake. That's a that's lie. That's a lie. It's yeah. a lie. That's not a mistake. That's a lie. Like yeah. you really have to sit down and imagine that one up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you could be mistaken that someone was arrested for coming to kill you from halfway mm-hmm. across the country. Like that's just these people. I keep saying it. They are like stars in their own movie. This is yeah. like they're 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 starlets. It's gross. And, and, and when when he's called out for lying, he said, "No, just forget about it. Forget about it. Never happened. <laughs> I misspoke. I just misspoke. Don't, yeah, exactly. Just don't remember that. It's all right. Let's move on." And that's J- Jim Watson is hoping that people are that stupid to the point they will forget all the lies he said during his testimony. Yep. Uh, we've got a uh, super chat from salty shit. I'll say it cause you're a young man, you're a young person. I don't want you swearing, uh, for five bucks says, hallelujah. I'm a woman in Texas that watches rebel news all the time. Well, hello. I just found your ad on t- telegram rebel news account, Texas carry. God bless you all. Ezra, your channel, your news channel is winning. I like to think so. I That's mean, weird. we're pretty big. We're bigger than a lot of the mainstream media channels. I think more people watch us. I generally think more people like us because they choose to watch us as opposed to the mandatory carriage of being pumped into your home every single day, whether you want it or not. <laughs> like the CBC, yeah. people actually seek us out and support us. So we thank everybody for doing that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other places you could spend your money and you have less of it than ever, thanks to the Liberals. So we appreciate yeah, every little bit that you send our way. Inflationary crisis time that we're living in. Yeah. Uh, another one from Salty Shit gives us five bucks. The person running this committee is awesome. Let's keep it to the questions that she can answer. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge Rollo, I think he's he's yes. doing okay. He's that's doing okay. Right. No, honestly, yeah, he's I, think, okay. I think he's fair. You can see that he's engaging with the witnesses. I don't think, you know, people had some doubts about him, about about his integrity, about how how impartial the process would be. Honestly, I lost some of those those, those doubts as as the, the longer I see him work in the committee. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I don't really care about his politics. I really don't. Can he be mm. impartial? And it's right. good for me to know that someone who might lean left can still be impartial, that they can mm-hmm. still keep their opinions out of things. Uh, it's good for me. It's good for my mind to know no, that that side see. of the aisle is not completely fallen. Yeah, there's still some good people. Here. Yeah. Uh, Adam Ottawa gives us five bucks. Says, my impression of today's OPS deputy is that she is either wasn't being very forthcoming. I think you might be right for political reasons or she was kept out of the loop. I'm leaning towards a bit of both, but more to the latter. You think she was kept out of the loop? I don't know. I think she was uh, purposefully obfuscating in places where um, I I think it was a JCCF lawyer might have been who said um, uh, basically tried to pin her or no, maybe it was Brendan Miller. 
No, I think it was Brandon, JCCF. Rob Kittred. Brendan is it great, was Rob, by the way. I've got, I, oh, I've got to put it off here. Brendan is amazing. He he, he does Rob such Kittredge great cross-examinations. Awesome yeah, they're, they're all good. I, they're the reason I continue to pay attention because I know they're going to get there sometime. Um, mm. But I think it was Rob Kittredge who pointed out, look, there were only 13 arrests in lead up to the invocation of the Emergencies Act. And then she sort of said back, yeah, but there were 400 in total. Well, that means the majority of them came after the extraordinary powers of arrest came along. So under normal times, with normal laws and respect for charter rights, you guys could only, on the best of times, with additional cops roaming the city like stormtroopers, come up with 13 charges. And then after the fact, they came up with 400. Um, and she said, well, I don't know. You're going to have to ask Chief Slowly or steve bell about that stuff she was the one in charge of actual policing so yeah. she would know but she just thought no i'll just pass the buck let somebody else testify to the facts i don't know she was pinned down on you know i think he asked her you know by cutting off their bank accounts were people actually stranded downtown now because you wouldn't let fuel in and they didn't have money right. to fuel up and leave and she said oh i don't know I don't know. What do you think, lady? You know, like it, it's well, just, think, it's just so stupid. Yeah, no, I think I think she does know. It's just well following the rinse. Happens a lot in the liberal liberal side of the aisle. Yeah, uh, and last one goes to you to Bercy five bucks. According to Trudeau, it was only a fringe minority that was coming to Ottawa. <laughs> what a hypocrite! Such, yeah, I remember that. It was such a fringe minority that they had to invoke the Emergencies Act. That that's how small the amount of people that were there was. Yeah. You know, no, no yeah, firearms, just... no violence. And it was so small that he had to invoke an anti-terrorism law. Yeah, just a little street party. <laughs> just a tiny little get together. You know, and it's funny because I'm old enough to remember, and William, I know you aren't. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when Teresa Spence, I'm sure the audience might know some of the people who've been around in politics the last 10 years. Teresa Spence was the chief of Attawapiskat Reserve. Hmm. And there was serious financial mismanagement there. In fact, I think her boyfriend was charged. I'm not sure if he went to jail, but he was charged with, he was the financial manager of the town. And he was charged with just basically financial misappropriation of funds. She's rolling around in an escalade and everybody else's house is falling down. And so the Harper mm -hmm. government said, we're giving you guys money. Where's it all going? We're going to do an audit. And she mm -hmm. protested the audit by going to Ottawa and sleeping, and I say that with heavy air quotes, sleeping in a teepee in a park there. She wasn't sleeping in the teepee. She was just in the teepee during the day. She was going to a four-star hotel at night. Wait, and what, she was what, also was said oh, that Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Ezra called her chief chicken noodle because then she said she's going on a hunger strike. And then um, that's true. <laughs> She said she was eating moose broth or something, but she's the only hunger striker I ever know, knew who put on weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Justin Trudeau <laughs> went down there into her teepee when mm -hmm. her family's involved in the financial misappropriation of this impoverished indigenous community mm -hmm. and basically sits shoulder to shoulder with her. He met with her, but he couldn't met, meet with a single one of these thousand. There's Chief Chicken Noodle. And Justin Trudeau, I think, holding an eagle feather. Yeah, he for, I, I imagine with, he he couldn't meet with a single protester. Yeah, at the freedom. In convoy. the meantime, right. her boyfriend's back in Wapiscat cleaning the place out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wonder if he showed her his buckskin jacket and his uh, a dreamcatcher tattoo or whatever the hell it is. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, he met with her, but he wouldn't meet with Tamara Leach oh. because wrong politics, right? Yeah, because she didn't agree with him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I th I think that's the show for tonight. William, thanks for doing such great work in Ottawa and working so hard all day. Not only are you yeah, paying attention you, to, not only are you paying attention to the commission, you are uh, door stopping those liberal MPs on the streets, <laughs> and you are getting the conservative MPs' reaction to, and you're interviewing commission participants as they come and go. I don't know how you're doing it all. Um, you must be close to the commission building, logistically yeah, speaking. I think you yeah, are. We are. Yeah, we are pretty close to the commission building. We got a great team behind here. We got Maurizio who's here, and we've got Isabel who's been helping me 
doing the scrums with the MPs as well, running after them, which yeah. is not easy, by the way. No, it's not. And it is, uh, it can be a little nerve wracking. You're speaking truth to power. Like these are, they think of themselves as important people. And so in your mind, maybe they're important, but then you realize, no, Omar Al-Jabra is not an important individual at all. Yes. <laughs> he's not a, he's a sh shallow man. Omar um, is anyway. Omar. As soon as you meet Omar <laughs> once, you it's not hard to, to, to talk to him afterwards. It doesn't take a lot of courage to talk to a small man who isn't able to answer a simple question. Or as soon as he starts talking, he just gets feisty and makes himself look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Omar. I love that he's probably scared to go outside in Ottawa because he might run into you. Anyway, I should She's wrap the show up. Yeah, let's wrap. You it. probably need to go eat. You probably yeah. need to go eat because I'm going to get off on a tangent and I'm going to use that nickname that I shouldn't. I yeah, made a no, we're not. commitment not to use <laughs> yeah. the nickname. Yeah, we've got to be careful. Now everybody will be back. We'll be back here same time tomorrow. It's probably going to be me. It's probably going to be William, and we'll be digesting the day's news from the convoy because I am glued to my computer and my chair all day live tweeting mm -hmm. so uh, that's another thing too you can follow the trucker commission on my twitter account at sheila gunroot it's the, exactly spelled how you think it would be uh, if you don't have time to pay attention to the commission well i got paid to do it for you so mm -hmm. anyway <laughs> we'll be back right, here tomorrow will william thanks so much thanks to the guys behind the scenes there for all their hard work and uh, support of William. And as David Menzies always says, although I'm not sure he follows through himself, <laughs> thank you.